everyone. I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi everyone, Larissa Russell from Creative You, and we're back again for the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me Deborah Epstein. Deborah is the founder and CEO of Oasis Healing Arts. She is a visionary artist, shamanic practitioner, and myofacial release therapist. She received her art education from Rhode Island School of Design and studied art and healing facilitation at South Regina. She is a Reiki master, studied theta healing, cranial sacral therapy, is initiate in the Pachacuti Mesa tradition of cross-cultural shamanism taught by Don Oscar Miro. Miro Quesada, yeah. yeah. Very good. That is a mouthful. <laughs> and is I a know. licensed massage, massage therapist. She studied and practices the art of myofacial release founded by John F. Barnes. And she now follows her dream to blend artistic expression, shamanic ceremony, and myofacial release, and thus founded Oasis Healing Arts. So welcome, Deborah. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that was a mouthful, I have to say, though. <laughs> you did well. Pachi well, just to go in a little briefly, uh, Pachacuti Mesa tradition is uh, Peruvian, and um, Pachacuti means world reversal. So um, it's basically a study in cross-cultural shamanism and taught by Don Oscar Miro Quesada, who is from Peru. And his, like, it's a whole rich tradition that is pretty old. And um, he has two teachers, which is really, really unusual because usually when you're a person is initiated into a shamanic tradition, it's usually only one teacher. So he had the distinction of being initiated two different lineages, which um, they're slightly different from each other. Like they're, they're still um, Mesa, Mesa carriers and it's Peruvian in nature, but like each culture has a little different kind of spin on it. And then he's brought it together into like a, what he's calling cross-cultural shamanism. So basically when you get initiated into that tradition, you're learning all the richnesses of two lineages and then you're also bringing yourself into it too. So it's kind of a transcend and include. So it's um, a basis of wisdom that you fit in nicely. You can bring all of who you are to it without having to say like, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. And I only can do this. It, it just really includes and transcends, which is what I really, really love about that tradition. Mm-hmm. That, that's fascinating. I have a good friend here in Edmonton who is a, uh, a shaman healer and she, I don't know where she's gotten all of her training from, but I know she has traveled to Peru and places like that. 
Um, so I'll have to ask her some questions because I feel like I should know more after you just said all of that because I'm like, I know she really incorporates a lot of different things from around the world as well and it's not one sole way, right? She incorporates mm -hmm. different things. So I'll have to ask her some questions about that and find out more because now you've piqued my curiosity. So, <laughs> well, that's a little bit of a start. I was going to ask you to share some of your story and your path that's brought you here. Maybe you can add to that a little bit. Yeah, certainly. So, um, yeah, I grew up, um, I don't want to go like into this really long story, but I, I grew up with a lot of trauma. Um, I had a lot of uh, childhood falls and accidents, and it was just a lot of chaos growing up in my house. And, um, you know, so I had a lot of early childhood falls and head injuries and stuff like that. And um, as I was growing up, and I didn't really, I didn't really know it when I was in it. It was more of like when I hit that wall that a lot of us hit, that mm -hmm. I was able, and, and through the healing path that I, that I took, that I was able to look back at that. And, and, you know, I was really depressed a lot of my life. And artwork was always a thing I gravitated toward to make me feel better, to be able to, you know, I kept a journal all the time and would write, draw, all that kind of stuff. And it was like, it, it was that place that was kind of like my saving grace in all of the chaos. It was that place where I could be by myself, you know, that and going out in nature. I was outside all a lot, you know, out um, sitting on rocks and pretending they were horses and climbing trees and pretending they were like Mary Poppins, you know, magical umbrellas and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So it was a really great place to, to grow up and have like this growing imagination, you know, in contrast to like all the other stuff that was going on in life. And, um, you know, as I was growing up, you know, art school was a, a thing that, you know, I wanted to do that I was afraid of. And I took, you know, this really circuitous path to get there. And once I was there, that was like, what really started to crack me open. As far as like, really seeing that there was something deep going on inside me, a lot of my earlier images when I was in art school, um, were very, um, just kind of scary. <laughs> Some of them and my, my teacher would go like, you know, you're such a demure young woman, where are all these images coming from? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, like they, I, maybe I'm channeling pain from the universe. And it wasn't really till I hit, oh gosh, I was like probably like 38 when I really hit that wall and it felt like, you know, going 50 miles an hour and doing an all stop, you know, in life and just a lot of stuff going on right then. And um, that was where I did the bulk of, I would say my most um, profound artwork was when I was going through my own healing. And, you know, even the woman that I was working with at the time would use my artwork to kind of, kind of see where I was. And we did a lot of uh, work in core belief work and changing belief patterns and all of that kind of stuff. And there was huge shifts that I was experiencing. And that's when I went to Salve Regina to like really study um, art and healing. And it was just a fabulous program there. And from there, I realized like, you know, I also had pain, a lot of pain in my body from, you know, being an athlete, um, kind of a, a weekend athlete, but I, I really like got into riding my, my bike to the point of like, 
ridiculousness because it was like such an addiction that I, and I think the addiction too was like, it was making me feel good, you know? So I would just get on that bike and I would ride and I would do like some weeks I would do like 200 miles and it was, you know, like it was, I had a schedule. And so, you know, when I got into my late thirties, it, my body was screaming at me. And, um, so I, and I couldn't ignore it anymore. And I wondered too, like how much what I was feeling had to do with the pain in my body and vice versa, you know? So it was kind of started with that question. I kept getting this intuitive hit that I needed to get into the body. And that's where the body work piece came in and finding John Barnes, my fascial release was he, that work is very similar to cranial sacral therapy. However, it goes a little bit deeper. It's more shamanic in nature where it's, there's soul retrieval happening. You know, when we have, when we have traumas in our life, we lose parts of ourselves. we disassociate. And when we disassociate, we can be experiencing um, depression as well as pain. And it's like you get sucked into a hole that you just can't climb out of. And it's physical, it's emotional, and it's spiritual as well. And so there's, and what he does and does, he's, and why I fell in love with that work, the first class I took was amazing because he's like saying all of these things that I had intuited and I had heard like parts of like in the quantum physics sort of thing and like doing the core belief work and like that all of this is like an artwork and then there's this shamanic bit in there and he's kind of bringing it all together like the fascial system. The fascial system is the web of our body that connects every cell to every other cell and it's like a fiber optics network. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like here's this man, he's tying all of these bits together, like bringing them from all of these separate places together. And also like doing that with, you know, teaching us about how that works in the body. And that really just shifted how I started seeing the world. And then, and then I started working with um, my teacher, Don Oscar Miro Casada, you know, on some online classes and stuff, and then some in-person ceremonial stuff. And I just started bringing, I started bringing those pieces that I was drawn to together into, into a practice. And that's kind of where, kind of where I am right now. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like such an amazing journey that you took right through, through that healing process and not just picking one thing and, and, and sort of blending things to make what works best for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I've learned in, in that journey too, is that like, there is no end all be all. And that one thing, that one magic pill, and you do this like one time. And I even had one of my patients say to me one time, it's like, well, you know, like, why do you keep doing this if like, you're still not healed? And it's, and it's like, oh, like that was a really good question. And she kind of stumped me at it. And then I like, kind of realized like, because that's not what the quest is anymore for me. <laughs> it's like, I'm healed. I'm healed enough. You know, I'm always, we're always going to have some sort of pain in life, but it's not debilitating. And I'm always going to have moments where I'm sad, but it's not debilitating depression. You know, it's like, we always have these things. And like what I've noticed too, as I'm moving into like a bigger um, expression of myself in the world is that these things come up as I expand out. And it's, I've kind of started to see it as a way of like my um, survival mechanism kind of kicking in and it's kind of born in our fight or flight, the fight or flight mechanism that we all have. 
And it's really, it's just, it's out of, um, what's the word I want to use? It's like that, that process that we have was really meant to save our lives when we were living in the jungle. And that, we don't have that anymore. So it's giving us false reads all the time of like, you're in danger, you're in danger. Well, no, I'm doing something I haven't done before, but you know, Larissa is not going to kill me if I make a mistake, you know, <laughs> or if I say the wrong thing, I may have to answer for that later, but you know, I don't have to run for my life. I don't need to freeze up, you know, and I don't need to get angry and fight, you know, um, I don't have to do battle with anything. And I think some of the journey now is more of like bringing that mindfulness that, okay, I am entering into some unknown territory right now for myself and these things, these voices, these ways that I feel are going to come up, you know, or when they come up, sometimes you go through that forgetting and you're like, Oh, why do I feel this? Oh my gosh. Like these awful dark thoughts. And then you're like, Oh yeah, I'm doing this thing over here. So I just triggered myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's really important. I think that we, we share that message with the people that we work with because, um, we're never fixed. We're never like fixed, right? And we're never all better. We get to a point where we're stronger and we're able to move forward, but there's always going to be things that come up and you'll learn to deal with it in new ways and it'll take you less time and it won't be as debilitating like you said, um, but things still come up, right? And I sometimes, um, when I'm talking to other uh, coaches and people who do other healing work, they're afraid to share that. And I like to share my journey with, um, with my, the people that the clients that I work with, because I think it's really important. There are days like today, I was doing a new thing. I had a little bit of a panic attack, but you know what? I did my meditation. I journaled a little bit and then I was like, Oh, I got this. And I did it. Right. So those are very rare for me now, but you know, those things still come up, those things that go wow, I really, I can feel a lot of resistance here. I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. And it's like, okay, why not? Why not? Right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. What's, what's under it. And, you know, it's really funny too, because what I've kind of noticed is like those things, like I used to get panic attacks all the time and I used to be like deathly, deathly afraid. And I, when I started going down this path, um, <laughs> I want to say like two years ago, I've been on this path for a long time. It's just, it's been changing. And when I started going, you know, kind of over here on the path where I knew I was going to be getting myself out there more, um, there was a part of me that was absolutely terrified. And it was this little girl part of me. And I, and um, the woman that I work with who um, is, you know, my creativity coach, and she kind of helps me like move through those things. Um when they come up and keep me on track, you know, from the shiny object syndrome and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and, and it's really wonderful to have somebody like in your corner. But what was coming up for me at that time, a couple years ago, was I could visualize myself as if it was happening right in the moment and a time when I was like maybe three or four years old. And even as I'm telling you, I'm kind of off in the distance because I can still be, I can still see myself there where my dad had a friend come over and he was this really, really big, tall man. And I'd never seen him before, but he was a big, tall man. And I was petrified. 
And I hid behind the couch, between the couch and the wall. And he like, he was a really, turned out he was a really nice guy, but I didn't know that. And I was like petrified and I, he came into my space. And so he was like trying to like, you know, kind of, kind of get me to cajole me to come out. And when he came in, it's like, I can just see his face coming in at me as this menacing face, because in my perception, he was totally breaking a boundary for me. He didn't read that I was like totally afraid. And that's why I was behind the couch. I wasn't being silly. And even though he knew he wasn't going to hurt, he knew he was a nice guy and he had a big smile on his face. At that moment of time, I was not picking that up because I had too many other things that had happened before that. And so in my little mind and in my little perceptual world, that was the scariest thing. And when I felt, you know, when I was moving into this direction and I felt this fear come in, that's exactly when I went, where I went to that three-year-old little girl hiding behind the couch. Don't let, don't, don't let me come out. Don't make me have to come out. And so I did, it was really awesome. And I've done, I had done a ton of work before this. So this is what's really interesting because we do trigger these deeper layers of our psyche and these traumas that we have. And, you know, you look at that as a parent, you'd go like, that's not traumatic. You know, what is she talking about? But for me at that age, that was hugely impactful that I am in my fifties and still carrying that around, you know, and still when I get, and that's the really interesting part about belief systems and traumas is that when you start to get bigger and you start to have the panic attack and you haven't done that work, that's why we don't move forward because we get stuck in that place that we, where we first had that like big experience that frames the entirety of our life. It's why we can't like break past or break through whatever that invisible barrier is that of our perception and so yeah it was really interesting it, it provided an opportunity for me to really take her by the hand and to have a conversation with her and really be gentle and listen and say like can we still move ahead but maybe slower mm-hmm. and she was like okay with that you know and now I'm at the point two years you know from that point where I don't really get panic attacks and she's like so good with being out, you know, being mm-hmm. out from behind the couch and letting people see like playful stuff that she likes to do because she's like the best part of my creativity, you know, and it was really good that I got right into that fear mm-hmm. as awful as it was and had the help and the creative process to yeah. be able to befriend her and form a relationship with her where we're trusting each other now. Yeah. And I I think that's a really important point as well is the fact that we, we, we don't understand what our blocks are, right? But when we hit a resistance and, and we can start to unpack why we're resisting, right? Whether it's that panic attack, the anxiety, or just the, uh, the procrastination, not wanting to do something, the fear that bubbles up, whatever that is, right? And start to unpack then what that is. And often to our adult brain, it may feel like, well, that's ridiculous. That's such a tiny little thing. But when you look at when it happened, right? At three, four, five years old, or maybe older, but it was a huge big deal, right? 
It was that, you know, boundary that was broken. It was that trust that was broken. It was that negative comment that was just that one thing too much that you just hung on to. And so when we can start to work through those blocks and, and that's you and I both work with creativity, you know, to do that, uh, which I think is an amazing way to un, un, sort of unravel these things. And I love working with people to do that. So, but I think that's a really important thing to remember is that our adult brain thinks these are pretty minor, but these are the things we hold on to our whole lives and we need to, to figure that out. So yeah, when we can stop and do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're, they're like tapes that are running in the background all the time and they're in our subconscious and it's our operating system. And in your subconscious mind, there is no linear like, oh, that was, that was yesterday or that was last week. No, it is all right now, all the time, you know, 24 <laughs> seven. And it's because we have that left brain that allows us to chunk it out like that, you know, but that's where the discrepancy happens is, and the fight starts to begin you know, I must be crazy. No, no, I'm not, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it's, then we waste all the time in like, whether I'm crazy or not, you know, and, and it's like, what we know too is, you know, healing for me, healing is the whole thing is just all about creativity and imagination. And, you know, whether we're talking about health, mental health, you know, emotional well-being or physical, you know, stuff, we are creating what what is in our reality and however we're experiencing it and not to not to say it in a way of blame because some people hear it that way it's if we knew that we were creating it we would have done the, the thing that we needed to do to stop it right but it, we're creating it in a subconscious way so we're creating it and not in not in our power you know and then when we start to learn that we have this creative power and that we have this sovereignty that we are creators then the work becomes diving in to those old programs and doing what we can to to kind of grow that part of ourselves up and make better choices you know we start seeing we have choices sometimes we don't even some it's really interesting like we can be like adults and still not realize that we have choices because when we were little maybe we weren't given the opportunity to make two choices, you know, do as I say, not as I do, you know, or you, because I said so, I mean, that's a huge one, right? You know, and you're like, but, but, but. <laughs> yes. And then you turn into a, an, a young adult who has control issues because you had no control when you were younger. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> right, right. And it's so interesting yeah. too, because we're so very unique that, mm -hmm we that manifests so different for each person i mean there's a similarity across the board like a like a, a through line if you will or a thread that kind of goes through it but like you when you're working with someone you can't just go like oh you know this is the thing that you have that happened to you this is the way it manifested and now this is the, the remedy for that that's where creativity i think really shines because you're guiding that person to really go in and, and feel it and find the expression of the, of that situation or whatever it is. And it comes out in such a unique form. And the person has the value of 
going through that journey in a very safe space mm -hmm. and seeing what expression really is, you know, and how it, it's not about the end result and what someone else is going to say about it, that the unique expression is so beautiful just in and of itself because it came out because it's out in the light now. Yeah. Yeah. And that I, I agree with that so much. And I, I'm constantly saying uh, to the people I work with that, um, you know, it's not about the end product. It's not about the end product. It's about that process. It's about that process you're going through it. And I know you use the word expression and I really love that as well. Cause it's, it's that expression of what, what you're doing. And I think, yeah, that is so important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So then what would you say is your favorite creative healing modality for yourself? Ooh, yeah, it's funny. I don't know that I have. I, I'm so multidimensional with my, <laughs> with my creativity. I don't necessarily have um, one creative pra practice that is my go-to because I, I tend to be, so maybe it's by road, it's just, you know, sitting in, in solitude and seeing what wants to come out in what way. You know, sometimes it's painting, sometimes it's, you know, getting my journal out and scribbling because it kind of really depends on what is coming up. And, and but my, my, I guess my very um, imaginative go-to is like sitting at my Mesa, um, which is my medicine ground. It's my altar and I connect in with myself first. And then it's, you know, then it's, what do I want to go to? What wants to come up? And a lot of times it is, it can be the place that when I move through it and it might be something really, really unique that I go, oh my gosh, I just discovered something I can use with another person. So case in point, one of the times that I was going through some stuff, um, I just was directed to like make a sculpture of it. And I made this little sculpture that was kind of like a snake and it had like a spine and there was a little person lodged inside. And I use that as a medicine piece on my mesa as a shadow piece. And then I started like kind of working with it and seeing it as medicine. And it started to, it was really interesting. Just the act of making it for me was an opening and it was an exploration deeper into what was going on. And, you know, it, it, that also was kind of tied into the inner child work that I was doing too with myself. So it was also like kind of working in the shadow. And when we talk, you know, shamanically, when you talk about working in the shadow, it's those parts of ourselves that aren't bad. It's the parts of ourselves that we hid. And those parts of ourselves are usually like the best parts because they were when we were little kids and maybe we were like annoying our parents, you know, maybe we were singing and dancing and, you know, running around being happy and, you know, dad wasn't in a good mood. So he like yelled at you or whatever, or maybe a little worse. And so you learned, okay, that wasn't a good thing. I'm going to tuck that away because that got me into a lot of trouble the last time. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we need more than one time for that to happen. So the shadow piece that I started working with um, was really interesting. And I did turn that into a practice for people that um, I have that come here. So some of what I do too, is I do um, kind of healing one-to-one -one healing retreats where we do the myofascial body work. We do ceremonial work, we go out on the land and we also do creative expression. So that little exercise with the sh making the shadow piece 
and befriending it, treating it like a me medicine piece and then getting the wisdom from it mm -hmm. is a practice that we, that we engage in, you know, when someone comes here and it, you know, sometimes it wants to be like in, on an altar space. And in the case of the one that I did recently, it wanted to be broken apart and buried because it was, it was done. It didn't, didn't want to, it, it was, it was moving into something else. Mm -hmm. So it wanted to be the little guy wanted to be released and <laughs> the pieces wanted yeah. to be buried in all parts of the world. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And that's, and I find that, you know, when I use creativity in different ways and different exercises with people, often they're terrified of it, right? They're like, I'm not creative. And it's like that, that's not what it's about. It's about that expression. Right. And it's about the process of uncovering and and exploring. And I find creativity is really about exploring. And yeah, so yeah. allowing ourselves to do that. And then they're always surprised, especially if they don't find themselves to be creative, that, oh, my God, that was so much fun. That was so much fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Because we are. It's, it's so funny because we say that and that's just a story, you know, that's a story we're telling ourselves, you know, because it, because it, we're going to go into places that are really scary and it depends on what the message was when you were little, but like we are the creativity. We're creating all of this all the time. And it's so funny because like, I'm going to use this example. I just like interviewed someone and she was like saying how like just this pen, this silly little pen, there was a lot of creativity that went into the making of this pen. And she, she, and she was like saying all of this, you know, all of the things that, you know, you just pick an object, just pick an object that's like laying around that you, you know, like, oh, pencil, like somebody thought to make this, you know, and then there was the designer that designed it, you know, and pen, pen is really interesting because you look at all the different pens we have on the market for crying out loud, somebody thought to create that, you know, so it doesn't matter what the object is, it's, you know, we are creative, you know, like everything, you know, look around you, you created this, you created your surroundings, what you're sitting in, the color that you chose to put on the wall was an act of creativity. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's how we're defining that word and what that means to us, I think is what we want to kind of break down and bust the myth on because I think people, kind of get intimidated by art with the capital A mm -hmm. and they tie the creativity to that. And, you know, and then if you go, okay, we're going to work creatively and we're going to, and we're going to make art. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, that. <laughs> I have the same reactions as well. And it's, it's so true. And I, I'm constantly saying that creativity is in everything we do, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you're creating a spreadsheet or, you know, starting a business or yes, decorating your home, whatever it is, there's creativity involved in it, right? Just your day-to-day -day choices are creativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say is your greatest accomplishment to date? Oh gosh. Sometimes I think you know, sometimes I think like it has yet to be accomplished because I look at, I look back at my life and there is huge amounts of accomplishments, you know, just for me, like it, and it's, it, it's just the definition of it too. It's like just being able to be sitting here talking to you, mm -hmm. knowing the journey that I went through is a huge accomplishment. You know, um, the fact that I was able when I hit that wall 
to get myself out of depression and to start creating a life for myself that had meaning that, um, you know, that I had to make a lot of shifts. It wasn't always easy. There was a lot of, there was a lot of bumps along the way. And so it's, I, I could look at it all and go like, wow, you know, a lot of, uh, it, it's all accomplishment, you know, it's all accomplishment and it continues, you know? So it's, yeah, I think it's just being able to see the entire, the entirety of the journey and like looking back on it and, and just blessing it, blessing it. Yeah. And it, that's, you know, it, it, your journey is what makes you who you are. And I say this all the time about myself because I've had a very uh, bumpy journey as well. And, you know, a few bouts of depression and one that almost took my life. And so I, I realize that it's all of that that makes me who I am. And it's all of that that makes me able to do what I do. Right. So, and help other people to, work their way through that, right? Because we all need a helping hand. So to be able to help other people to work their way through is, is so important. Yeah, and I think, I think that, you know, from what you're saying too, it teaches a lot of compassion mm -hmm. and, and patience, you know, because you had to have those things in order to come through what you came through, mm -hmm. you know? And if you can start bringing that home, you know, the compassion piece, and exercising with that with yourself. I mean, when you turn around and start to focus out and to help others, it's like, that's what we feel. We feel your love, we feel your compassion. And we know that you've been through something. We don't even have to know what that is, but the result has seasoned you and cracked you open a way that we feel your love. We feel that compassion and gentleness that you're sharing with the world. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so true, right? And I think that's, well, I believe that you kind of have to have lived what you're teaching, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to, to know that, like, it, books are great, you know, I went to university for psych, I did, you know, all of that, but to live it and experience what you went through, and then how you healed, right? And sharing those, because it's different for everybody. So yes, mm -hmm. having background uh, in psychology definitely helps, but the path that I went through myself, and I used creativity to heal, and I, you know, so using that as, you know, to help other people, I think, yeah, it's really, it's really important to have had that journey for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't wish it on anyone, but it was, it made me who I am, and I, you know, yeah, well, I believe like when you see the world that we are living in right now and the pain that's out there and all the tumultuousness, you know, there is a lot of collective pain. So mm -hmm. whether, you know, it doesn't matter how horrific it was or benign it was, because it's not about comparing, you know, experiences with each other. It is that we all have a version of it. We all have a version of being held back. We all have a version of being less than or told we're less than, you know, and I'm sure there, and there are people I'm sure that have had opposite experiences where they, you know, had these really great parents who were just behind them all the way and their things that are holding them back or feeling tra traumatic for them. When you compare it with someone else, be like, oh, just suck it up and do it. But for them, 
you know, for their experience, for that soul that's traveling as human, you know, it is just as important, you know, and to not downplay anything. And, you know, it's really interesting. I, I find that when I use the word trauma, um, it's such a big word. Mm-hmm. And people go, oh, well, I didn't, I, you know, I don't have trauma. I, I don't have trauma. But like that story I shared about me being a little girl and hiding behind the couch because I was terrified was traumatic. Mm-hmm. It was, it was traumatic and it's, and it hung out with me for a while. You know, it'll probably come back up maybe in it, when it comes back up, it's not as horrific as it was, you know, initially, but there's still some heat on it. You know, there's still enough heat on it that it, it bubbles up to the surface that you want to take a look at it. So it's like, to me, when I look at these healing, the healing path, to me, it's like going up a spiral staircase. And every time you make that pass around, you're gathering a little bit more energy, you're gathering a little bit uh, more information, and you're getting more of yourself back so that the next time you come around and you see that program or trauma or whatever it is, again, you're seeing it from a higher perspective with more energy and more confidence, courage, all of those energies. And then you get to go around again, you know, and then if it comes, you know, come back again and again, and again, and eventually because it's a spiral, mm-hmm. it, it closes eventually, you know, and then it's the, the energy's out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that analogy of the, the spiral staircase, right? And that I, I, I like, I really like that as an, a descriptor of it, because it's true. We do come back to the things like the panic attack I had today. It was minor <laughs> in comparison to what I've suffered from in the past, but it still made me stop and pay attention because it was like, okay, what's going on here? Why is this happening? Right. And then, you know, it took me probably a half an hour of, meditation and journaling to work through that instead of days, months, years. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. And what I, what I hear in that is an honoring of the panic attack, mm-hmm. you know, the honoring of it. It's not like I'm going to shove it down and mm-hmm. pretend it's not happening or, you know, sometimes what we do too is tell ourselves the story about like, and try to diminish it because you know, that's, that's what creates it even bigger. Mm-hmm. And when you can give yourself the place to slow down and do your meditation, do your journaling, do your, your creative practice, whatever that is for you is mm-hmm. um, it, it's you're honoring the process of yourself. You're honoring you, you know, and your experiences and everything you've gone through. And it's not like, Oh, I'm being a baby. It's there. There's a voice in there that is trying to get your attention and you're yeah. saying, I'm, I'm listening. I'm going to sit with you. Because that's, that's how we create health is by taking that time with ourselves to express whatever it is. And, it's, and, and that's what also creates the disease is when we don't do that, when we push it aside, when we say it's nothing. And, and then that energy, it's all because everything's energy. It has to go somewhere. And if we're not expressing out, we're expressing in. Yes. And when we, when we express in, that's when we get into trouble. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would it be? Mm, if I could change one thing, it would be to have everyone see how 
creative and imaginative that we are and start creating a place that we can live in harmony and cooperation with one another. That's big. It is big, but I love it. That's the world I want to live in. (laughs) That would be a great world to live in. So yes. Oh, and we we do that by like by living it right now. You know, it's like when I it's it's really been an amazing year for me, like doing getting to a more online presence because I'm meeting people like you were. If I hadn't done this, you know, Mm -hmm. made this leap into this big arena, you know and kept telling myself like, oh, I'm not good enough to do that, or I don't have the right credentials, or I don't know enough, or whatever, you know, not enough story that I like to tell myself, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you and having this amazing conversation. And like, yeah. you know, we, we formed a little, a little bond because you happened to see me on something and we started talking and like now we're, we're having this relationship that's really, to me, rich and cooperative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and not just you, it's like other people that I've met too. And, and I'm seeing like, we're the living medicine in that, you know, we're the medicine of cooperation and love and harmony and peace. And, you know, you putting this out, out there to the world is that ripple, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I, so it's like what I hope to gain, <laughs> but I see like, I see how it's working. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting that, you know, you talk about the collaborations and, and I've met some amazing people from the summits that I've put on, from the ones I've taken part of, from my podcast, you know, I've just met amazing people, yourself included, through that, and to be able to learn and grow it. And some people might look at it and go, well, you do the same thing. Why, like, why are you sharing? And it's like, but we do it in different ways. Yes, we do healing work. And yes, we use creativity but we do it in different ways and we're going to speak to different people, but also that collective energy that we're sending out into the world, right. And allowing other people to then make their own decisions and, and figure out what works best for them, I think is so important. And yeah, I'm so appreciative of, of the relationships that I've built through the collaborations for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, another thing that that kind of brings up for me too, is like when we're living in fear, we're and we're living in scarcity that's where competition comes from when we're living in abundance and we're living in cooperation there's plenty for everybody right and it's and we don't and it's not just like we said earlier in in this in this podcast is that it's not just one thing Mm -hmm. it might be one thing right now you know for 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 a certain thing and then you might need something else for something else and there might, you might go back and forth between different modalities or different people. And I think that's, there's something about, I don't know if it's human nature or our culture where, you know, there is that mentality of like, you know, especially being in a, in a body work situation, there's like, I only want to be seen by that one person. I like her. I like what she does and mm-hmm. I'm not going to see anyone else. But in order for us, we're, I mean, we're multidimensional beings you know we're human but we have many layers to us and to say that like only that one person can help you <laughs> is, it takes is a village kind of funny. it takes a village <laughs> it takes a village it takes a community and that's that's what i see that we're building you know you know us as artists and healers coming together and forming a tribe of people 
who will help other people come into that tribe and you know and they'll do the same and they'll do the same and they'll do it in their way you know yeah absolutely absolutely this has been an amazing conversation so do you have an inspirational quote then that sums up your life journey I do. And it's like right up there. <laughs> it is, it, it is funny. I've been saying this so much lately because I'm also doing a, a five week webinar journey into the heart. And every week I start out with the, the quote that has really been the impetus for my work. And it's from Barbara Marks Hubbard. And it's, um, we hold these truths to be self-evident. All people are born creative, endowed by our creator, the inalienable right to realize our creativity for the good of ourselves and the world. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard that, I was like struck, like that struck me as, I mean, I was already kind of moving in this direction and I, I just adopted that. I put it on my wall and I'm like, that's why I do the work that I do because it's not just about me. It's about creating a better world. And, and, and when we can see, have people see that it is our right and responsibility to be imaginative and creative, imagine mm -hmm. what we're all going to be creating together. Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh, that's amazing. I want to just thank you so much for being here today. And is there anything you'd like to add before we go that we maybe haven't discussed? Oh my gosh, we've talked about so much. I can't even imagine, <laughs> right now. which is funny. I was just talking about our imagination, but hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed our conversation. Um, very important topics. And I just appreciate you so much and having me here to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I have appreciated um, this, like you said, this relationship that we've created and I look forward because I'm going to be talking to you tomorrow. And so I look forward to that again. Because <laughs> we both have things going on. So I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you coming on because I know you're super busy and right now. So, um, yeah, I just want to thank you so much. And for all of our listeners, I want to thank you for listening. And we'll see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Do you know about the courses and programs that we offer at Creative View? Meditation and journaling in our Morning Calm program. Step into your authentic self is a program to help you heal from past traumas and start believing in yourself so you can be your healthiest, happiest you. We even have a Healing with Creativity monthly membership where you get healing projects twice a month plus so much more. Keep watch as we're always adding more classes and programs. Plus we offer free challenges, access to summits and retreats as we love sharing. Click below to see what we have happening now.